Welcome back, everybody, to the newest episode of penpodcast.com. I'm your host, Matthew Harms, founder of Pen for Hire, where we offer premier ghostwriting and author coaching services. Also, the creators of the Pen Podcast, where we sit with authors, writers, writing industry professionals, subject matter experts, and all-around interesting people. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by my good friend, Tom Ruich. How are you today, Tom? Hello, Matthew. How are you? I'm great. I am fantastic. Thank you. Tom is a master storyteller with Story Power Marketing. And Tom, tell everyone, where are you joining us from today? I'm in St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis, Missouri. So are you closer to being a um, St. Louis fan? Or I know there's that that borderline where I had someone the other day. It's not the, right? Well, so, so St. Louis is right on the border of... Missouri and Illinois, the Mississippi River forms yep. that border between Missouri and Illinois. And you might be thinking about the rivalry between the St. Louis Cardinals baseball club and the Chicago Cubs up in Chicago, about five hours up the road. And people who live in Illinois are split. Those down here by the St. Louis side of the Not state so are Cardinal fans. You move further north, they're Cub fans. It's uh it's an angry rivalry, almost that's, as good as, as the Yankees and the Red Sox. That's where I got it in my head because I had yeah. the, the client was from Illinois and they were like, before you say anything, I'm closer to St. Louis than I am to Chicago. So uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> take it pretty seriously. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> goes to show how bad my geography is, but, and the Yankees yeah. and Red Sox aren't even close to each other. Like Boston's a good four hour drive from where I am outside of the Bronx. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But all right, enough chit chat about sports because I'm not sure, sure how many people tuned in for that. Tom, tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what you do at Story Power Marketing. Sure. So, Story Power Marketing, I'm the founder and the CEO. Coaches, authors, experts, anyone who's trying to share their expertise, put their expertise out for sale to serve clients, they hire me to transform their creative content and storytelling because most of them are still dishing out the same old boring blah, blah, blah. And then prospects are tuning out, moving on, and the experts are feeling frustrated and stuck. So I teach them how to transform their content from boring to brilliant, how to turn the marketing process from frustrating to fun, and ultimately how to convert the bottom line from pitiful to profitable. My bottom line is if you can create the kind of content that's more entertaining, not just information only, you can be the person who stands out in your niche. You can be the person who people choose to hire. Love it. You know, and I think that's one of the pillars at Pen for Hire is that everyone has a story to tell. Yeah. Um, and I, I think you and I were very similar. We just go about what we do in very different ways because I cannot short form like I. <laughs> I'm trickling the book. You're kind of that get your attention in, in a more short form type of way, right? Sure, sure. Emails, social posts, your about section on LinkedIn, blog posts, presentation on stage. So one of the things that that a lot of people mistake when they begin to think about storytelling for business is they think it's just one story, singular they think, oh, okay, I have to come up with my legendary origin story that I tell everybody when they want to hear about me and my business. So that's a mistake. That's a myth. And the second thing is they think that it has to be some long, drawn-out story when, in fact, 
you're weaving the elements of storytelling into everything you do, stage presentations, sales calls, coaching calls, the emails, social posts, everything you do can be story powered. And the more story powered it is, the more captivating it will be. So I love that you you spoke to this long form, drawn out. In your experience, like what's the average attention span of a reader, a viewer, someone who's someone whose attention you're trying to get? What's the average attention span? You know, it, it's an interesting question, and I'm not sure I can quantify it. People will talk to you about, oh, people have attention spans that are smaller than a flea and a goldfish, whatever it might be. And I think there's some truth to that. But really, in the end, What's so powerful about good, entertaining content is that people, even in this age of short attention spans, will stick with it if they are entertained, if they're captivated. So I write emails that are actually a little bit longer than you might expect. Some people don't read them top to bottom, but a lot of people do. And a lot of people will tell me that they, they see the email, they begin to read it, they have to go and do something else, they'll come back later, they'll put them aside for the weekend, that sort of thing. And, and so if you can create content that's entertaining and interesting, people will stick with it. I like to, to cite the example of uh, Godfather, one of my favorite movies. And I recently watched, it's out right now on the Paramount Plus streaming channel, a story called, I think it's a show called The Offer. And it's the story of the making of The Godfather. And oh. there's an episode where they talk about how all the bean counters at Paramount Movie Studio were appalled when the initial cut of the movie came in at like two hours and 45 minutes. And they said, you have to cut this thing down to two hours all the statistics say that nobody will sit through a movie longer than two hours and to the credit of the producer and the director francis ford coppola they said oh no no this is good people not only will people watch it people will love it and they held to their guns and they kept the thing they cut a little bit out but it was a two hour and 30 minute movie maybe which at the time was sort of unheard of and of course, the, <laughs> the rest is history with that movie. You know, you make so many good points there. The first principle I try to live by, even with a book, because you have to get someone's attention. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how, like, there's no quantifying, well, one minute and nine seconds is the right reading length. If you can hook someone in and continue to hold their attention, the time is no longer a factor. Right. Like right. you said, they, they may realize, oh, shoot, I got to go. And they'll come back to it because you've pulled them in. You can write a, a three second email where someone yeah, and it has no impact at all. Yeah, I 100 percent. You know, I, I I write what I call daily ish emails most Monday through Friday, occasionally sprinkle one in on the weekend. But but pretty much every weekday I send an email to my list and I have people who tell me, Oh, wow. When you asked me to sign up for your email list, or I told you I was going to sign up and then you told me it was going to be daily. I was like, no, 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 I can't, I can't do that. And, and then they read them and they're like, oh, well, I can do that. People ask me all the time, you know, how much is too much? How long is too long? How often is too often to send? And as far as sending, my answer is if you're sending boring, blah, 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 information only emails that are the same old stuff as everybody else, you can't send too few. 
I mean, it doesn't much matter if you send them weekly or monthly. People aren't going to be fired up to read them, and they may look at them occasionally, but you're not really going to move the needle. Whereas if you send those captivating, interesting, story-powered, fun, entertaining emails, you really can't send too many because people will be glad to open them and rewarded every time they open them. And the same applies to social, by the way. I'm talking about it in the context of email, but they'll be they'll feel rewarded. And even if they don't have the time to get to it on Tuesday, they may go ahead and read it on Thursday or they if they miss one, so be it. It's a really interesting thing. I, I track my statistics, open rates and click rates, fuzzy things to keep track of, but they still tell you certain stories. I see in my email stats now that, you know, I've been doing story powered writing for a long time, but when I made that switch from information only kind of traditional newsletters to story powered emails, I began to notice that I have a wave of people, the wave of people who open the emails right away soon after sending, and that kind of trickles on throughout the day. But I also noticed that a day later, two days later, a week later, people keep coming back to the emails and that the the email has a much longer shelf life than the content I used to send out. That's because it's story-powered content. Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com produced by Pen for Hire. Social media isn't about simply posting links to your book multiple times on a day on every platform you can think of. It is a complex process that takes time and strategy, as well as content and purpose. Creating and managing social media campaigns can feel like a full-time job, especially if you don't already love doing it. Don't wait until your book is done to think about how to tell the world about it. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get your free consultation today. And now back to the interview. I love that. I, I want to tie that back into your movie example from before mm -hmm. because there are all these metrics and accepted standards, right? So when The Godfather came out, it was two hours, was like your time. Now movies are like 90 minutes-ish, anything more than that. Oh, it's too long. But there's an exception to every rule if the story warrants it, right? Mm -hmm. No one's going to tell Avatar you can't be three hours because the story's not told. So if your story can be told beginning to end impactfully, captivatingly in 60 minutes, then that's the right length. If right. it takes you three hours, again, your reader is not sitting there or your viewer is not sitting there going, oh my God, when's this going to end? because they've forgotten about time. They've left the space-time continuum behind. They're now in your world. Yeah, yeah, such a great point. I'm really, really glad you made it. I recently released a thing that I call the Story Power Profit Pack. It's 52 strategies, tips, and tactics to power up your creative content, to turn your, your content from bore, from boring to oh god i don't even remember the name of my my own thing but anyway the profit pack and i have among the 52 one of them is don't be afraid of long copy the very next one is don't be afraid of short copy and the whole idea is short can work long can work certainly you know depending on the channel that you're using if you're on twitter it has to be short 
If you're on Instagram, it has to be short, more image focused. But long copy works in certain circumstances. It works in the emails that I send usually. Short copy can work just as well. There are elements of stories that can be condensed into even the shortest copy. And that's, you know, that's what it's all about, understanding and learning what these elements are so that you can work them into whatever medium, whatever framework you're, you're using. That's so powerful because, you know, there's all this talk about know your audience, right? Read the mm -hmm. room, know who you're writing to. But it, that's only part of the equation. You need to know your story as well or what the story you're telling at that moment is. If yep. your story is told in three sentences, don't try to make it 13 sentences. Yeah. If your story is going to take two or three paragraphs, don't try to cut it short in one. You're going to piss people off. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. You said that you sort of made a juxtaposition between knowing your audience and knowing the story. It all fits together. And really, in the end, the way to know the story is to know your audience, because it goes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning, that it's really not all about you and your legendary origin story. You know, so many of the so-called storytelling coaches are out there saying, oh, you have to come up with your legendary origin story. And so people are dishing out stories about how they clawed their way out of poverty and the, you know, whatever, or here's the garage where I invented the widget and, you know, so forth. And, and nobody gives a hoot about any of that unless your story reflects back on theirs. And so what the storytelling is really all about is understanding the journey that your prospects are on, the before, the after, and then the bridge that your product or service uh, represents to get them there from before to after. And if you understand your prospects and your clients, and you understand how your product and service can serve them, then you're going to be much better equipped to generate meaningful stories that will be relevant to them. And, and I'll give you a great example of how it could be a really short thing. One of my clients was an ex is an executive coach, and she works with business owners to help them get off the hamster wheel. And one of the ways she helps them do that is she teaches them to delegate more effectively. Okay, great. Lots of executive coaches out there, business coaches who teach delegation, time management, all those things. Before she hired me, she had written a blog post about delegation. And it began something like this. Delegation is one of the most important business skills that any business owner can master. To master delegation, you need to keep in mind the following tips, blah, 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 blah. I was right? falling asleep that, as you were saying that. Right. That blog post has been written 8 million times. It's going to be written 8 billion times by some by some AI copywriting robot. Um, you know, you could go right now onto chat GPT and say, give me five tips for how to delegate more effectively. And you could have that blog post in a nanosecond. But nobody is going to read that and say, wow, I want to work with this coach or wow, I understand what it's like to work with her. I really like her. She she connects with me. What we did is we applied story power to the same idea. And we began by looking at her clients and, and looking for a delegation story. And she told me a story of a business owner she works with who had run the business for 20 years and had never taken a vacation longer than a long weekend. 
longer than four days. And she taught this guy. And the reason, by the way, was that he was terrified that the place would fall apart without him. And it would because he had his fingers and everything. Nobody, he didn't trust anybody to do anything. If he wasn't around to, hey, boss, is it okay if I do this and this? Nothing happened. And so rightly so, he was terrified. She taught him how to delegate. And when she taught him how to delegate, that translated to freedom. And the headline for the email, the subject line, and it became a headline for a blog post as well, was how a stressed out owner let go and got away. And it was a picture of a guy on a beach, a hammock between a couple of palm trees on the beach. How a stressed out owner let go and got away. And then dot, 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 by delegating is the you know, sort of what you get to right away. Those words alone with that picture, that's a, that's a little story. That's a before to after. Stressed out, let go, got away. And, you know, the email and the blog post went on to provide some details, but this thing doesn't have to be a two and a half hour long movie. It can be a quick headline that would have worked as a Twitter post, as a tweet, as a short LinkedIn post, less than 50 words, and you get the story across. And so it really speaks to what you were talking about. Short, long, it can be done knowing the elements before, after, bridge. Those are those are key. And I love the examples that you just gave, because if anyone didn't pick up on it, positioning and perspective mm-hmm. are so important in storytelling. Because, and this is coming from two people who tell stories, but I'm going to be the first if no one's ever heard me say it before. Everyone has a story to tell, but most people really don't care about your story unless they know how it relates to them and what they're going to get out of hearing from your story. Mm -hmm. So that dug myself out of poverty while that's all well and good. How are you going to help your reader, right? What is in it for them? Because there are a million people who've dug their way out of poverty. Doesn't mean their message is going to resonate with everybody. Right. And then the second thing is, I think where I see a lot of people try to make mistakes, and I'd love your opinion on this, because I think you kind of alluded to it, is we or a lot of people have this natural inclination to want to use their story to tell people how to do things. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm going to tell you how to delegate better. Newsflash, no one wants to be told how to do anything. We right. all we all want to figure out how to do things better, and we're reading that article or that book because we want to solve a problem, yeah. but we don't want to be told anything. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, I'm going to share with you a couple of quotes. The first one is from, we were talking about baseball and New York, New York Yankees and Yogi Berra, who was famous for yogiisms. And he once said, if someone doesn't want to go to the ballpark, how are you going to stop them? If someone doesn't want to go to the ballpark, how are you going to stop them? Kind of illogical, but there's brilliance in that statement. I'll give you now a marketing quote from a guy named Eugene Schwartz, who was one of the premier copywriters of the 20th century, his second half of the 20th century. And Eugene Schwartz said, we do not, as marketers and copywriters, create desire in the marketplace. We tap it. We don't create desire. We tap it. And that really is what Yogi was saying. You know, if somebody isn't a baseball fan, 
you can't stop them from not being a baseball fan. You can't make them a baseball fan. If they don't want to go to the ballpark, how are you going to make them go to the ballpark is really what he was saying. We don't create desire. We tap it. And so that's the idea that I was getting at before, that if we discover our prospects' stories, we are able to sell and bring the idea of what we're selling to market. So nobody is waking up in the morning and saying, oh, gosh, I sure would love to be a better delegator. I'm going to. So so to your point, Matt, when somebody says, I'm going to teach you how to delegate because I know it's going to make you a better business owner and executive. They're like, get lost. I don't want that. But if you say, I know that you're stressed out, or let's just think about the target audience she's trying to reach who reads that subject line or that headline. Stressed out owner. Hmm, that, that rings a bell. I'm, I'm a stressed out owner. Let go. Wow, yeah. Some, I, I wish I could let go. Got away. I wish I could get away. That's what she's selling. Delegation is not what she's selling. Delegation is the bridge to get from stressed out to get away. That's the understanding. That's what makes it a powerful story. And I'm so glad you brought up that point because you, so many people are so in love with the widget or the tool or the product or the service that they're selling that they want to lead with, hello, I'm Mr. Inventor, and here's the story of the garage where I invented the widget, and here's why my widget is special, and you need my widget. And maybe as an afterthought, they get to the, the point that, oh, by the way, if, if you get my widget, here's how it's going to transform your life. And it's the transformations, the emotional transformations from stress to relieve, from confused to clear, from fearful to confident. Those are the things that we sell, whether we're selling, whether we're selling delegation and, and business coaching, or we're selling a home security system, or we're selling a pack of gum, a pack of gum, the journey from what the I'll share a story because I think it's a great ad. Forget what the name of the gum is, but it's one of the one of the gum brands. And they have these TV ads set in New York in like Washington Square Park, the outdoor chess boards. And there's this old guy and this young teenage guy, and they are sitting together playing chess at one of those outdoor chess boards. And the young guy is distracted. And uh, he keeps looking over his shoulder because on the bench behind him are these... Uh, two cute teenage girls who are sort of looking at him. And so he's totally distracted. And finally, the old guy just pushes a pack of gum across the chessboard and gives him the gesture, go talk to the girls. And that's a story from being wallflower to being, you know, the confident kid who could go and talk to the, talk to the girls. The, there's, there's no script in it. There's nothing, but it's a transformational story. And they're not talking about buy our gum to make your breath fresh. They're telling a story about human emotion. I'm feeling shy. I'm not sure I want to go over and talk to the girls. Here's the gum. Go talk to the girls. Powerful story. Really well done. Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com produced by Pen for Hire. Those who fail to plan, plan to fail. 
While many writers are capable of writing entire novels without ever planning or getting writer's block, most need some kind of structure. Taking the raw thoughts out of your head and organizing before or during the writing process can drastically improve quality and efficiency. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get a free consultation on our author coaching services today. And now back to the interview. I love that. And you used the word bridge before, right? It's bridging mm -hmm. what you do to how it relates to the person or to the end user. I generally like to use like a car, right? Mm -hmm. Because here's what I tell my clients. No one can sell you in a car. Like you walk into a car dealership, there's nothing that salesperson can say, no matter how pushy, persuasive, charming they are, that's going to make you spend 30, 40, 50 grand on a vehicle that doesn't serve some type of purpose that you need in your life. Mm -hmm. And if that salesperson can't figure out what you need, right? Do you have four kids that need to go to soccer practice? Then I, sh I shouldn't be talking to you about the Corvette. What is that vehicle going to do for you? And it's very much the same in storytelling, whether yeah. it's a book, a blog, an email, how is that story going to make an impact in your end user's life? Because it doesn't matter what we want. It matters right. what they want. Exactly. Exactly. And so it begins with discovering that learning what makes them tick, learning what keeps them up at night. What are they afraid of? What are they frustrated with? What do they dream of? What are they aspiring to? All of those things become the building blocks. And I, I cited Eugene Schwartz a little while ago. He actually said something else, that that idea about we don't create desire, we tap it is a huge and important idea. Related to that is something else he said that I think is the most profound and powerful marketing idea I know I, I share this with people and it really is foundational to what I do. He said, we do not write copy, or I think the way he put it is copy is not written. Copy is assembled. Copy is not written. Copy is assembled. And what he meant by that is great news for any of you who have ever sat in front of a blank screen saying, time to write the email. Now what? Once upon a time, now what? So many people think that this is some magical art. So many people think that they don't have it in them. Now, for writing a book, <laughs> I, I recommend often that you hire a ghostwriter because those are giant projects and, and hiring somebody like Matthew to do it is a really great idea. But when it comes to writing an email or a social post, especially if you are the kind of person who wants to build relationships with prospects and clients because they're really hiring you. You know, if you are a coach, a consultant, a professional service provider, it's about you. And so you need to have your voice in the email and the social post. And you're sitting in front of a blank screen and you're thinking, this is, this feels like magic. I'm not a creative being. I don't have the magic. Well, Eugene Schwartz sets you straight when he says copy is not written, copy is assembled, because what he's saying is go out there and do the discovery, the research, all those questions that I asked before, what problems are your prospects facing? What's holding them back? What are they frustrated about? What do they crave? What do they covet? What do they dream of? What do they aspire to? If you 
do that discovery in a proper way, which is something we teach and something that you can do with help from a, an assistant, you can delegate lots of it. What you've done is you've gathered the key building blocks that you need to turn content creation, turn writing into a craft, an act of assembly, where you're taking those building blocks, those pieces of stories, and putting them into familiar structures, email, social posts, blog posts, whatever. And no longer is this just some magical act of interacting with a blank screen. It's an act assembly, and anyone can learn how to do it and master it. That's the whole idea behind what I do. I teach you how to discover the story. I teach you how to assemble the story. It's not magic. That's the beauty of it. Anyone can learn how to master this. I'm so glad you shared that quote because anyone who knows me knows that I constantly say storytelling is as old as the human race. Mm -hmm. The forms have changed, right? It was word of mouth, cave, paintings, hieroglyphics, tablets, whatever mm -hmm. it is, we have been telling stories as long as we've existed. Mm -hmm. right? And you said books, maybe more writing than assembling. But now that I look at it, Tom, books aren't written either mm -hmm. because you can give me, you can take the same 40,000 words mm -hmm. assembled in different ways is the difference between in a captivating best-selling book and a bunch of nonsense on paper. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. And, and it begins with assembling. It begins with gathering the right information and then sorting it and sifting it and organizing it into a captivating narrative, series of narratives. It's a bigger project with a book and outsourcing it to a service like yours makes a lot of sense for, because it it's, I'm not saying that any of this, even writing emails is done in the blink of an eye. It's not magic. There is no easy button but it doesn't have to feel so daunting and so confusing and so beyond you. And when it comes to the daily or weekly content creation, that's so important for marketing purposes, it's something that you have to either do yourself or you have to discover whatever your voice is and whatever the stories are going to be so that when you delegate it and outsource it to somebody else, they get it right on your behalf. That's the other among many mistakes that people make is they'll just outsource email or social or whatever to somebody. And there's no correlation in, in tone and voice and vision and meaning between you, the person it's supposed to represent, and the writer who's putting it out there for you. I know you feel really strongly about that. That's a huge part of what you do for your clients. You have to reflect their voice. You have to understand the, what they're saying. And that, and you as the content creator or the delegator to a ghostwriter or copywriter have to be involved in that story creation and that story discovery, or else it won't reflect you. And this is, I think, such a perfect place to start wrapping it up because I think there's, and I know there's a common misconception I had it myself that all writing is created equal and mm -hmm. it's not right. Mm -hmm. So I can sit in front of my computer right now. You can give me a sentence and say, Matt, write about, it. and I can write you 10,000 words, you know, sit here for a couple hours, turn you in a couple chapters. 
But if you ask me to sit here and say, Matt, I need you to write me a 250 word email on that same sentence. I can't do it. I'm like, mm-hmm. you need to call Tom because yeah. there, there are specialties within writing, right? Yeah. And some of us are better at, at copy. Some of us are better at, at sales. Some of us are better at compiling long form. Mm-hmm. And really it's understanding what your limitations are, right? I've had clients tell me all the time, oh, I'm a great writer. I can do this myself. And my answer is always, yeah, I'm sure you can do the writing yourself, but can you do the assembling, the packaging and the finishing yourself? Yeah. Because it's the total package that matters. Yeah. And I've run into a lot of great writers who are still, what they're really great at is packaging information in a coherent way. They got A's on their college essays and they uh, can produce an awesome white paper and they got great compliments on all of the all of the case studies they wrote in their business. But when it comes to really writing in a story powered, creative, entertaining way, mm, maybe not so much. And so there's still things to learn here about the the storytelling craft, about pulling the pieces together, about how to put them together into the right structures. But yeah, I mean, it it's, uh, as you said, anyone can do it. We all have to participate and collaborate to get it done. I'm going to leave, I'm going to wrap up with this analogy that I just started using with clients. We're actually using it in a book. You know, let, if your doc, your cardiologist breaks his leg, he's not going to treat himself. He's probably going to go to another doctor that specializes in broken yeah. bones, right? <laughs> yeah. So not, not all medicine is created equal. Not all writing is created equal. It takes a big person to understand where your limitations are and bring in someone who can handle the facets that you don't specialize in. Yeah. So yep. For everyone listening, you just spent this time with Matt Harms of Pen for Hire and Tom Ruich of Story Power Marketing. I, Tom, where can everyone find you if they want to get more information on anything that you do, your program, anything that you mentioned throughout our time together? Sure. So a couple of places to go. One is to my website, storypowermarketing.com. Storypowermarketing, all one word, .com. And when you're there, you can look for a couple of things. One, a, a pop-up will come up inviting you to join my email list. And if you want to see somebody practicing what they preach, and really see story power at work, I encourage you to sign up for the emails. Again, you don't have to read them every day, but I think you'll be rewarded if you do. There's also a resources section on the site where you can download some free reports and some PDFs and so forth. And then that profit pack, for those of us who are on live, give me about five minutes after we we turn off uh, today because I, I need to get this coupon that I'm gonna offer. If you go to storypowermarketing.com slash pen for hire, storypowermarketing.com slash pen for hire, you'll be able to get the profit pack. And if you use pen for hire as a coupon, you can get 15% off on the on the profit pack. Ah, that is incredible. Always appreciate helping out the listeners. Everyone tuning in or listening to this on replay, please head over to storypowermarketing.com. We always uh, highly endorse all of our guests. They're on the show for a reason. They're experts at what they do. You cannot have a better investment than spending a couple minutes checking out the website, reaching out to Tom for consultation, using the pen for hire coupon. Appreciate your time. As always, Tom, really, really enjoyed our conversation. Looking forward to doing great work with you. And we will catch everyone on the next episode of the pen podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. 
Hey, thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Tom.